Yeah. I know we just signed the deal, but I need my advance on the next one too. They know I'm gonna be around. Yeah. I need it. Metro booming want some more. Cause I got a really big team and they need some really big rings. They need some really nice things. Better be coming with no strings. Better be coming with no strings. We need some really nice things. We need some really big rings. I got a really big team. I got a really big team. They need some really big rings. They need some really nice things. Better be coming with no strings. Better be coming with no strings. We need some really nice things. We need some really big rings. I got a really big team, man. What a time to be alive. You and yours versus me and mine. Are we talking teams? Are we talking teams? Are you switching sides? Wanna come with me? Welcome everybody to the Two Red Gringos. It is season six, episode three. I'm your host, Phil Bakke, and uh Pat, I'm joined by Pat Staley. He's uh he's got a he's got a growing team that needs some big rings coming up this uh <laughs> <laughs> next weekend. So Pat, I mean, the big day is on the horizon. I mean, you're technically married legally, but the wedding is uh, is is happening soon. Yeah, I don't like to announce it too much. You know, we want to we want to make it uh, a, a big celebration and not try to cheapen it for uh, for <laughs> for those that are making the trip down, like yourself. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is going to be a blast down there in Mexico City, um, but. Uh, yeah, what a time to be alive, as uh, as Drake so so eloquently put it. Both for uh, those friends of uh, of the Staleys, as well as uh, for Liverpool fans at large. Um, yeah, we'll focus on the latter. Yeah, we'll speak primarily about uh, about Liverpool. But <laughs> Pat, I mean, as uh, as we get into, we're obviously going to talk about City. We're going to talk about yeah, we we spoke in the last episode just about like player perceptions and and stuff like that. We'll we'll kind of I think tackle some of that again this week. It's it seems like a kind of a constant problem, but um, <laughs> but in this one, obviously, we're primarily going to talk about about taking down City, kind of the the big the big bad guy, like the uh, I don't know, like the boss um, at the end of a at the end of a level of an old school video game, but. Uh, who? Yeah, kind of like uh, any of any of the the memes where they roll out like this is like ex boss that you have to yeah. defeat. I don't know, like the the Karen the Karen boss yeah. or something like that. Um, which also reminds me, I think we need a new segment where you know I'm getting up there in age now, and you are much more in tune with the comings comings and goings of uh, social media memes. So. Uh, uh, I'll prompt you later, but I've got a question. I think it needs to be a running segment where you educate me on <laughs> on updated memes. Yeah, saying, okay. I, <laughs> Phil teaches Pat the internet, <laughs> or okay, okay, boomer. What? What's the <laughs> <laughs> I think we've got. It. Now yeah. we just need somebody to sponsor it. Done. Um, so, <laughs> speaking of who uh who are you riding with for this uh for this episode in terms of your poison um i think I, I think i've seen the preview but you're going with old reliable on this one 
I am not. I've tried to keep it facing this way. For those of you that can't see the video, it's a green bottle. And normally with green bottles comes obviously Heineken's, which I'm a fiend for. But this one, oh wait, I was I was putting in front of the actual mirror. <laughs> on that thing. We've got Carlsberg. I mean, what reminiscent of some some great LFC teams, but <laughs> the beer itself. Oh, the beer itself is. I don't maybe better or worse than Heineken. I, I'm never quite sure with the taste of these beers. Like any type of like crisp Pilsner um, is normally is normally garbage. Um, <laughs> but Carlsberg, for me, it's just about the experience, and it it, it tastes like a nice Reebok or Adidas kit. Um, that wasn't a great analogy. That actually sounds like it would taste disgusting. Um, or maybe it was a perfect analogy. But anyway, in tribute to LFC, I got excited when I saw Carl Carlsberg um, in the cooler uh, at the local supermarket. I uh, Yeah, that's – I mean, like I said, I, it's tough to hate on Carlsberg as a, you know, as a brand because it, it, it was around for so many – classic Liverpool kits and, and seasons uh, on the field. You know, you associate it with, with Gerard, with, with Carragher. Um, and but, still a big Liverpool sponsor though, right? Not oh, the yeah. primary kit one, but yeah. still a, still a fairly large, uh, fairly large LFC sponsor too. So, and also shout out to AJ Hudson's in the Chicago OLSC who typically have, I'm not going to venture so far as to say they're as cheap as $3 Carlsbergs during the match, but maybe $5, maybe three, but anyway, <laughs> they yeah. going. it, uh, Oh, and, and that's always, that's always a blast. The, uh, I, I was upset that I, I missed out on a, a trip to, to watch the match with, with Chicago last, uh, trip, but, um, I will, I will have to, uh, try to make it out for a game next time I'm in town. Um, for me, um, I'm, I'm going against the grain a little bit. No, no uh, IPAs. Um, like double IPA then? A trip? <laughs> no, no, uh, not, not no hoppy beers in sight. Actually the hop God taking a week off, but, um, but no, I've got a, uh, I've got a, a nice, uh, I don't know, kind of a, a wintry fall, beer here with the uh the isolation ale by uh by odell brewing um it's a good one out of colorado actually you know i think i had odell i was out in colorado maybe a couple months ago for work uh quick trip went to a little craft beer bar and um i think i had odell there that's why it sounds familiar the uh the second one i have from the Dallas Fort Worth area, uh, Martin House Brewing Company, which is a, a classic around here. They love uh, stocking that um, here in El Paso, but it's called the Short Order Porter. It's like a breakfast porter. Yeah, that's more up your alley. Hazelnut, cacao nibs, maple syrup, and coffee. So nibs, nibs. <laughs> is, is that not is that not the food that uh drives terry and brooklyn nine nine yeah, yeah yeah his nib, the nibs the nibs <laughs> I, I, I get with that. oh that yeah that's pretty great um well i mean 
this this week it's or well this international break i i shouldn't say week because it has been more than a week but this international break i mean for liverpool fans and thankfully for for city fans as well and and you know the few that are out there um <laughs> they've had to they've had to to dwell on on this result uh liverpool defeating city 3-1 um the a defeat of city just generally speaking it it feels like as we spoke about it it really feels like you're doing good in the world like does that i don't know does it does it seem like i don't know just with with all their attachments at, of their ownership and all of that does it just it feels different than than beating anyone else in the, in the premier league it does it does and i think all the all the terminology of them being evil that we've talked about that pops up on social media. I still keep coming back to that clip, and I think I posted it towards the end of the season last year, of you know Samwise Gamgee and the two towers, his moving speech at the end of you know people remembering stories of heroes and all that, and you know it shouldn't be possible that 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 you know this darkness, this evil could be defeated because that. Like, people should hate City. Like, everything <laughs> that they stand for and everything that they are. So any chance between them, the money, the spending, all the controversy, but really just, like, and now with Guardiola and his reactions, too. It's just, it, it, it's so, what it's so intense. It's such, like, a rivalry between just two clubs just at the top of world football it's so much at stake given the league standings and even when they meet in the Champions League that, I don't know, it's almost cathartic to <laughs> to, see, <laughs> to see the match play out like that and to, and to really hand it to them as well. The, the match itself, I mean, it is the, the performance from start to finish. It is one of the most complete performances that we've seen from Liverpool this season. Like bar not. Yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy to see not necessarily us struggling, but you know, when we talk about, you know, mentality monsters or, you know, how <laughs> LFC are able to grind out and get results late in matches, like to just come out and go three Oh up <laughs> on city before they eventually cut kind of even It's crazy, right? You're playing like, Hank, you're playing Villa, you know, lowly arsenal, um, <laughs> and, and, and they seem to be giving giving it more of a task to us than uh, than City. The obviously the match starts in in kind of weird circumstances. The and I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> the quote unquote controversy of this <laughs> of this game. It starts. There's the handball shout against Trent. I mean. What did you make of all of that? Because I know there was a lot of shouting in the bar when we were we were asking, you know, why are they still looking at this? Like, what is the what is the the controversy here? How is it that even now handball still stirs up so much emotion, (laughs) given the fact that we now use technology to review these these incidents? And that one was like clearly black and white. Right. So at the time, you you can't like go back and say 
like rewind to stop play or something like that, because that seemed to be the argument after it's very clearly defined as, uh, I can't remember. Was it, was it silver? Was it Aguero? Who? Oh yeah. Silva. It comes off Silva's arm. Oh yeah. Aguero was the one calling for it too. Yeah. So yeah. it comes off his arm and then obviously off of Trent's arm. Yeah. So in real time, like, yeah, sure. It looks like, looks like a handball that, Right when you review it, it's clearly like negated by the fact that it hit a city player arm. So I don't, I don't know, man. Like it, it's all tied up with VAR, and I, I, I think we've been smart enough to avoid a lot of those conversations because <laughs> um, it's pretty much a nightmare, at least in the Premier League. But no, I, 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 I don't get it. I, th- I think some people like the talking points, but others like they're they're always going to find an excuse to say. Oh well, the match could have gone this way, right? Even right. though the match could have, like, maybe that's a handball, maybe it's a penalty, maybe somebody converts it, maybe they miss it, maybe we win five nil, maybe City wins five nil, like, yeah, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and even speaking, you know, even speaking strictly from a, you know, let's say City score, let's say they they get a penalty and they score, no team has rescued more points from losing positions than Liverpool in like the last two seasons. Um, going, going down has not been an indicator of, of Liverpool losing matches. Um, Cause it's obviously happened. You know, we trailed to Aston Villa for 86 minutes and won yeah. that and won that game. So I just, I'm not saying that city or, or Aston Villa by any stretch, but the the bottom line is that yeah as you said it it's 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 moot because it's it's not called <laughs> it's reviewed it's not overturned um and i mean how much of the the fume i guess is driven by not only the fact that it it is you know liverpool city and it's the two primary title challengers and so everything's kind of magnified by default but but how much is also driven by pep's reactions to the incidents (laughs) where like it seems almost blown out of proportion because he wants it to be blown out of proportion yeah (laughs) what's one the the reaction that he provides was just one of the best things i've ever i've ever seen after he (laughs) he's screaming twice (laughs) (laughs) it's also part of, uh, I think I'll I'll give credit to Pep in terms of this. Like he has expectations as a winner and for everything to go his way. Um, but also the fan base that the, uh, I don't know, I kind of retweeted and put it back out there from, I think it was Ewan McKenna had a scathing review of city in there, (laughs) you know, (laughs) in this notion of that they can kind of do whatever they want. They have these expectations and that's kind of what permeates throughout that fan base too. And so it's this, you know, let's just say black and white, they get a penalty and they score. Well then, you know, the match is three to two. Right. So it's (laughs) like, they just have this like just unbelievable expectation now where, you know, even going into the match, like, Oh, we're the underdogs. We're doing that. You know, we, we lost our, you know, left back and we're, you know, we're playing a, Thirty forty million dollar replacement in every position <laughs> they lost too. Like it's yeah. just this whole, this whole narrative that they spin because you know the fact that they have tumbled down to fourth, which I love, is 
<laughs> you know, a catastrophe for this club too, <laughs> which is just ridiculous and and speaks to how, you know, just modern game or just city in general, how awful it is. The 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 fume obviously was then magnified um because we go straight down the other end and Fabinho <laughs> starts a, a parade of of goals that I just want to enjoy the commentary of of once again uh of our our three just absolute great goals against City. <laughs> Nope, there's no commentary on that. I don't know why I thought there was. Let but me. You can hear the subtle like shoot yeah. from the crowd <laughs> that only that only players like set like uh, you know defensive midfielders and center backs maybe maybe Rabo, but he's never like that area about thirty yards out <laughs> where typically like a defensive midfielder or center back is. That's when you well unless it's Lovren. I, I think people. I think the crowd know better now than scream shit to him. But <laughs> Fabinho, you hear that subtle shoo. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, for the player to score from those situations, it is it, it adds a little something because there's he's got no business scoring from that position in terms of you know the <laughs> overall game state and and how everything's gone and and I mean we know that Fabinho is extremely high quality, but. <laughs> I mean, have you seen a I would say, well, there's been a couple, but that's one of the sweetest strikes that we've seen in <laughs> in recent memory. Him, like Fabinho, I, I've just been waiting for him. Like he's been due for one <laughs> of those because I mean, not that those happen with that much regularity, but he's definitely got that in his toolbox too. It's like, you know, Ox is capable of uh you know, some long distance bangers as well. But that Absolutely. was, that, that was a special one from Fabinho. And we were, we were talking earlier how much we love, you know, bangers against city. <laughs> well, yeah. And that's what, I mean, it was a tradition with, with Ox, uh, in, you know, in, in his two games in, uh, in the seventeen eighteen season, I guess. Um, oh, yeah. the, but Fabinho, and it's, you know, it's funny, he was due and, and he knew it too with his celebration, Pointing to the uh, to pointing to his wrist and saying it was time. Um, and the the way the ball travels though on that goal was was crazy to me too because there's the one there's the one camera angle straight behind the goal um, where the ball goes directly down the camera. I don't know if you've seen that particular yeah. angle, but it, it doesn't actually move at all, which is what is kind of so crazy about a goal like that, where it, it just stayed hit exactly where he wanted to place it. Yeah. It's like the, the old Sadorf uh, rocket shot that, you know, made the rounds on YouTube <laughs> yeah. when it first came. But, uh, but no, any, any chance we get to see one Fabinho was, his time had come. Um, but yeah, I w- it was a struggle though, because as you know, like I was following along and I'll say this about VAR too. Like it makes it tough to follow on Twitter because <laughs> for sure. only, like, rapidly. So I, you know, foolishly, and I might be in this boat again on Saturday cause I'm, I'm traveling back from LA, but 
like feverishly like scrolling through Twitter to like upload as we get announcements. And then you see, you'll see the initial couple tweets and then you're like, Ooh, I don't know if this is bullshit or not, or like an old retweet <laughs> or something like that. And then the rest of Twitter follows through and you're like, okay, scored. But now you have to keep like rapidly scrolling again <laughs> just to check, like to see, okay, like did VAR overrule it? Did like VAR confirm it? Anything like that. So, I mean, it's stressful. Yeah. It, you know, uh, probably more stress on me than any of the players or managers <laughs> that game. Just following along <laughs> on the runway. Yeah. No. Absolutely. It. It. <laughs> you swipe like uh, scrolling. Scrolling on your Twitter feed is is certainly more stress than most most uh, players will experience. Um, but no, the like. One of the things that's been interesting about this season and and about kind of the statistical side of things as well is Liverpool scoring more goals from outside of the box. I mean, primarily it's been Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain in either the Champions League or the League Cup against Arsenal, but um, but Liverpool now have scored more goals from outside of the box than they did all of last season. Um do you think there do you think there's a kind of a directive to try to get more goals um rather than last season it seemed like every single goal we basically scored from about 3 to 8 yards at most you know like we would we would score every goal as as like a sure thing now we're yeah. we're scoring a few more bangers yeah, and I think it's reflected in what even the amount of like clear cut chances that we're creating is it, it has pretty significantly dropped. I think we're something like maybe as low as like sixth or seventh in terms of kind of difference between clear cut chances created versus conceded. Um, but no, I think it, I don't know. Maybe more consistency from Fabinho. Uh, will lead to it. Definitely Ox being back in. Um, you know, it's surprising because Shakiri usually has kind of the green light, <laughs> the the green light to pull from there too. But no, I don't know. I, 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 I would say maybe the fact that we're scoring more from outside the box has led to us not needing or then like not dictating play to create clear cut chances. Um, but I don't think that's necessarily the case. Uh, so I don't know. We, we need both though. Right. Cause that helps kind of explain like how we're able to have this lead at the top of the table without necessarily having the type of mm, expected goals is still, is still pretty high. Obviously we're behind city and I think right around there with Chelsea. Um, but it's just part of the reason that we're able to kind of keep this win streak going. The, I mean, yeah, and, and and I think we've seen just a maybe it's like a more of a mix or just the team figuring out ways around or how to break down certain teams, um, and then not not hesitating when they get the opportunity. Obviously, Fabinho's was was him just spotting. You know, he receives that that poor clearance, and it's like you know what. It's six minutes in. I'm, I'm having a crack. Um, the crowd asked to, and he yeah. 
the applied and and uh and quite quite well as well but yeah no i mean and that fabinho goal is the type of goal too that you just for the fan celebrating especially we were we were down at uh at the district down here in el paso and that's the type of goal where everybody is just going going mad (laughs) down there just ape shit um especially in that in that type of game it it's it was a little reminiscent actually of of kind of the the penalty in in the Champions League final in that you're like is this enough yeah like like okay where, is this good you know like or have we just maybe like awoken awoken kind of the hornet's nest or or something um, what's the response going to be luckily Liverpool like playing kind of classic this this match was kind of felt like old school Klopp Liverpool. Like in, in a way it was, it was back to kind of the, um, you know, that counterattacking pressing yeah. style. Uh, but this time with a defense that can actually stand up to <laughs> city. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, I mean, that's what we saw from even Fabinho's, right? That, as you said, like quickly coming back, being able to score from that. And then if there's one thing, well, maybe not one thing. One of the things that I truly love is the fullback to fullback connection. Yeah. Preferably fullback assist, fullback goal, <laughs> but also like fullback hockey assist to fullback assist. And then, you know, a Mo Salah header is, is something <laughs> I can get behind too. So we've got a banger. We've got the fullback connection and Salah scoring too. And when we went 2-0 up, I was still asking myself is that, at that time, like, is this enough? Yeah. Because as <laughs> – I think as Salah scored, we, you know, we started liftoff. I was probably about, you know, five, you know, two to 3,000 feet whenever it disconnects or whatever. Right. So that's where I left off. And then when I land, I'm like, oh, God, like, you know, what, what, you know, what's going to be the best outcome? Should I check the score on Twitter? Should I check the score on, like, Google? Like, you know, <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> what you could be. But, yeah, the – another amazing goal, but also, like, yeah. still the pressure of – I don't know. Maybe it's just lingering. Maybe every, every fan base has this, but the like, yeah, just that notion of, is this enough? The, the Trent switch, uh, on that, on that goal comes with his left foot <laughs> across, across the field. Um, Robertson puts the cross in with his second touch. Um, and Mo first time heads it in like, in terms of counterattacking goals, there's probably not a better one out there. <laughs> like certainly not a more efficient. Yeah. <laughs> more efficient counterattack too. The there's something about Robertson's cross as well. The way that it bends um oh. as it as it comes into mon- or into into Moe's path, it, it there's something about that that trajectory that just is kind of uh, I don't know like it as it's happening you're you're like no wait <laughs> yes <laughs> parts to that right one is that like he clearly meant to do that right like these these athletes aren't just 
operating in another level to us physically, but also just with their ability to read the game. Like to be able to pick that out when one, nobody else is seeing it Two, as it's happening for us to say like, no, this, you know, just, just kind of no. But then (laughs) to actually have like the physical capacity to pull it off is, I mean, those are where like, even like what Jorginho's assist, which was an incredible pass, like you kind of see that run, right? Like, okay, if I like the, the, the physical prowess of it is another level. Sure. But Robertson's was just like, how do you spot that? How do you spot that <laughs> and know to say like, if I hit it like this, if I can put this amount of curve on it, it's going to go through these two defenders and somehow hit Mo in stride. Yeah. Like it, it, it's, it, it's really unbelievable. <laughs> the, I mean that, that goal definitely as well sent, <laughs> sent everybody into, into raptures. Cause I, I, I think we, the way that we started that game and the, the amount of pressure that we were under, um, it was, it hadn't really been our style to be under, you know, soaking up pressure and hitting on the break. So we're, you know, we've almost grown accustomed to the fact that we're going to dominate possession and we're primarily going to try to break teams down. Even when we're playing some of the, you know, like big, clubs like we're not we're not really trying to hit people on the counter anymore so seeing that was very uh and seeing it broken out against an opponent like city it it almost feels like pep showed up looking or expecting the game that we gave them last season at anfield where it was very much like the boxing match like the like the mayweather I'm just going to take you, you know, yeah. 16 rounds and like I'll win by decision type type deal. This yeah. was this was very much, you know, a a counterattacking and and the heavy metal football kind of kind of approach. Yeah, and it's think of how Pep approached the same match at Anfield last season, right? Which was unlike really unlike any other city or, or Guardiola performance we've seen before in his ability to kind of capitulate and say like, uh, like <laughs> I'm going to step back and turn this into a more defensive kind of strategy based game. Yeah. And I think just, you know, it's this mindset of them being far back in the table and it, it not that, it, you know, it's still so early in the season. Like it's not necessarily a must win for them, but like it, it stings, right? Like that, lo- a loss would sting. So I think that kind of played and weighed heavily on him to come out and try to, I don't know, play more arrogantly against <laughs> the clubs. <laughs> I would know, like that's that's why we're we're you know kind of demolishing City and struggling against other sides, right? right. Like Guardiola could have easily come out, like. He's got the he's got the personnel in his squad to grind out a a nil nil match like he did last season. But this, he went for it, and uh, it still blows my mind why why any team would try that. But <laughs> able definitely kind of played into uh, Pep's own mind games. The the third goal is a couple of couple of things that the Gringos love, and that is a good Hendo cross mm-hmm. and. A header by, for me, 
and my money, the best header of the ball in the Premier League, Sadio Mane. The uh, <laughs> similar a, a similar goal to to what we saw. It it reminded me of Sadio's goal against Chelsea at home last season, at the end of last season. Hendo gets Hendo gets to the byline. Oh, yeah. crosses it back post and, and Sadio scores little. It was a little simpler um, against Chelsea because I think uh, Kepa was was at sea. Um, Bravo almost gets to this one, but it's still good to see Jor- Jordan get into those type of those type of uh, positions and and to deliver a ball like he did. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't know. I'm not sold on the. We'll talk more about the midfield, but yeah. I'm not sold on the Hendo bombing <laughs> forward as much as I love a Hendo cross. Um, and that was another one, too, where as it's, you know, even going back and watching the match replay, like as it's playing out and he kind of lost that in there, I'm like, oh, you know, that's, you know, just kind of a lofted ball in there and <laughs> somehow ended up in our favor. But um, <laughs> no, again, too, you know, a banger, fullback connection with Salah scoring and the Hendo cross and obviously Mane as well. Yeah. Um, you can't ask for three better goals. No, it was, it, it was, it was party time after, uh, after the third went in, although little nervy at the, at the end, but um, a big discussion. <laughs> just, just enough time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, a big discussion, like prior to the game and obviously the, Ox has kind of spurred quite a bit of this because he's he's had some good performances in the Champions League um and and um in the League Cup when he's gotten the chance to start but the selection in midfield it was you know obviously Fabinho, Gini Vinaldum and and Hendo starting in midfield it spurred a little bit of uh not controversy by any stretch but it spurred a lot of discussion about, you know, is this the midfield that that gets after City and and can we be attacking? I mean, does this performance show that this isn't like the Brexit 2.0 or or whatever the the new name of of the uh of of this this midfield selection they can be a more aggressive unit when the situation like calls for it? Yeah, well- I think really the only question mark here is probably what's unfortunate. That's our captain, but it's probably Henderson, right? Like that's even when I'm saying like him bombing forward, getting in the position to make crosses, he picked up the assist. Has it been that effective? Not so sure, especially when Ox is, you know, putting in performance after performance in both the league cup and, and the champions league, as you said too. So I think that was like, nobody's upset with Jeannie. I mean, some people are, but the, you know, they're idiots. Uh, <laughs> and obviously, like, Fabinho is, like, all the rage right now, right? He's, like, our best player. He's our most important player, all that. So I think it's really just a question mark about Henderson, whether or not whether or not Ox should have been rewarded for his performances, too, especially as Henderson's performance haven't been that strong. Um, but, no, I think against the way that City played, the way that City played that, it just that that's the type of midfield I think that you want, like high energy, high press. I think Ox could have easily slotted in for Endo there too. Um, he's got that in him, but but no, if City would have sat back and tried to soak up pressure and and, and counter, then maybe Hendo's not the best bet. 
Um, but no, I think that he's, he's really the only question mark too. But aside from Jeannie, who I think is on the cusp of maybe like how Mane had, was it Red Men TV or whatever? Like, <laughs> was it a season yeah. or two? Ago? What is <laughs> yeah. it? He's the best yeah. player in the world. Wait. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. <laughs> that, I, I think Genie now might be on the cusp of that, where somebody, maybe it's going to be us, say something ridiculous <laughs> like that. Like, he's the best. I think I texted you, like, yeah. Aldum, like, Ballon d'Or, Ballon d'Or winner. Yeah. Uh, well, when the Netherlands win the World Cup, you know, it's going to be a, <laughs> it's going to be a toss-up, Genie or, or Verge, like. <laughs> yeah. It flop takes the reins off uh, off Genie a little bit, or, or, or who knows? Maybe we yeah. just need another another orange kit back. But yeah. um, but no, like that for the way that the game played out, that midfield is is suitable to that, and, yeah. and obviously it played out that way in the game too. I mean, I and I think I think we have you know debated and tossed around like is it. <laughs> should it be a more attacking lineup against, you know, the, some of these other teams, like when we go up against crystal palace is, is this midfield, you know, the selection, um, for a game like that, or, or is it, you know, when we're <laughs> Burnley away, like these, these type of performances, like we, we always question, should it be more attacking, but is there an element now where, in this performance, we obviously saw it, but is it that Fabinho is being trusted more to kind of let both of the other midfielders, whoever it is, be more attacking? Is that, are we just seeing more trust placed in him to provide that cover for the back four rather than like selecting certain personnel who are going to be more attacking? We're just saying, Whoever's in there with Fabinho can go be more attacking. <laughs> I don't think we've ever shied away from being too attacking. I think the difference is now is that before we had Henderson and others that weren't defensive midfielders. Right. Right. They were either box to box midfielders or whatever else that like were in there as a role. And Henderson, in terms of his distribution, even a couple seasons ago was, you know, arguably one of the best in the league. But what Fabinho brings is this, you know, I don't think the style has necessarily changed, but more of what we're viewing and the quality that he provides yeah. kind of makes it seem like that balance has played out. But but still, like, Genie is not, like, Genie's not always bombing forward, right? Like, he's right. he's also there, and, and what he does so incredibly well and which never st- shows up on the stats is just help control the game. And against City, that, you know, that's paramount, right? Being able to, to have someone who could press, have someone who could withstand a press. Um, that's what Jeannie brings to the table, too. So then for me, it's just a question of, you know, against somebody like Palace. Like, is that the time to swap out Henderson for, for Ox or for Naby? Um, we would obviously say so. Um, but Klopp, as as the Premier League goes, trust trust in his guys, trust in his players. I mean, Ox and Ox and Naby, the the two primary kind of uh, talking points, as you said, um, for that attacking the most attacking of the of that midfield three. Um, both of, both Ox and Naby grabbed 
grab goals on international duty this, the, you know, these past about 10 days. Um, Navi is well playing 180 minutes. Uh, the full 90 of both of Guinea's games this <laughs> this time because they just love to abuse him. Us. Or him. <laughs> or him. I guess him first and foremost. Yeah. But us also. <laughs> but, I mean, the conversation between, uh, you know, surrounding those guys has obviously been who's going to take that third midfield spot. But as you said, Klopp kind of has his his Premier League midfield. Do you think we just kind of naturally see more of the two of them in the premier league as the season drags on and, and, you know, players are obviously coming up on more and more minutes in, in more competitions. Do we just kind of naturally see more of them as the season goes on? I think same thing kind of played out with Fabinho previously and Robertson. Although I think obviously for the two of them, they were, (laughs) <laughs> they established themselves far and away as the the two choices for the starting 11. Um, I don't know. We're still kind of at that stage with we know the quality that both Ox and Abby will bring, um, but it's just a matter of health and consistency with them. Um, the fact that they're grabbing that many minutes and, and playing international as well, eh, we'll see. Maybe Hendo like kind of withdrawing is, is a sign that he'll be in the 11 too, but – I don't know. I would hope. Uh, I would hope we see either one of them. Um, uh, whether it's not for Hendo, maybe it's. Uh, I, I don't like dropping Genie, but I would hope either of them um, either hit the starting eleven or play significant minutes against Palace. Because I don't know. We'll probably need it. I think what's what's been interesting to me about about Nobby's performances in the Champions League specifically. Um, this year is in the games in which he's played, he's not been the kind of free reign attacker that Ox has been where Ox is obviously, you know, he's creating goals from outside the box. He's, he's pressing, he's trying to win the ball high up. Nobby has, has been much more in those performances of like a genie. Like he's been, holding the ball, he's been carrying the ball forward, you know, that the game in, in gank, he, he completes something like 114 passes um, or something like, or 110 out of 114 or, or something ridiculous. Um, and so his, his role isn't, uh, is it almost, we kind of like lump Nobby into this more attack minded midfield just because he's we that's what we thought we were getting when we signed him where he just is a good midfielder who can hold the ball and and do kind of those things that genie does well he does that well but he also packages it with i don't know what genie does for the netherlands like now he seems to be capable of, you know, for Liverpool as well. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I think we knew better, right? Like we're not getting a number 10. We're not getting a straight on attacking midfielder. We're getting a, a true number eight. And that's, that still to me is the difference between Naby and even like Genie, where if we don't necessarily need that control, like we have to have somebody that can like, 
show the quality in the final third, create chances, finish chances, um, you know, kind of the way Jeannie does for the Netherlands. Um, <laughs> but Nabi has shown that he, he can do that for us. He, you know, he did it previously. Um, so I don't know. That's kind of the difference maker is that he is ultimately what we want. If they're both playing at the highest level, like his level seems to be like for Liverpool, at least um, a, a step above in terms of attacking quality. Um, but he also still has the, you know, defensive prowess to be able to support, uh, you know, I hate saying it, but the role that he had played uh, <laughs> previously in kind of a double pivot, right? Right. And so I think ultimately <laughs> that that is what you're looking for to partner with Fabinho. That's what I guess Wijnaldum kind of does, but it's, it, it, it's never a true pivot, right? Because there's no... <laughs> there's no kind of balance back and forth. There's a clearly right. designated defensive midfielder. And the other is, well, you know, Jeannie doesn't necessarily always attack, but <laughs> at least not <laughs> bring that to the table. So that ultimately in a perfect world where they're both operating at the highest capacity, that's what we would want to see. Um, and it just still remains to be seen. Like, can Navi do that consistently or can Jeannie, I don't know, maybe also do. <laughs> provide offense <consistently laughs> or, or whatever he's doing for the Netherlands. Like, yeah. Is it possible to do both? Like Nabi's shown us that he can do both. I, I don't know if we've seen that balance from Genie. Like, can he still be the player that he is for Liverpool while providing that offensive spark? I don't know. And, and for Nabi too, it's, it, it's interesting because it's primarily the way in which he supports the offense, especially in the system that we play, is by just advancing the ball a little bit further up the field so that like where our fullbacks receive the ball is further up the field. Because yeah. like what we I, I feel like what we often see and we saw it against United, I think we the midfield when it's not when it's not functioning in an attacking sense they will lay the ball off to the fullbacks deeper. And then we will play crosses earlier into the box. Whereas like when Nobby or Ox or, or someone who's advancing the ball a little bit further up the field, they opt to play that pass, like just a little bit later than yeah. our, some of our other midfielders. So that that's like the main difference for me is it just kind of like, gets us a little closer to goal and it makes the angles like a little f more favorable. Um, but in this case, as you said, like in the city matchup, the, the midfield functioned pretty much exactly as it was supposed to. Cause it was this, it, it, you know, Klopp, I think post game said we, we tried to make it crazy. Like we tried to make the game as, as kind of, wild as possible because city doesn't function city doesn't function well i mean let's face it like they're like a they're like a yeah like a swiss watch and so like one dust one like moat of dust in the gears can like completely throw everything off and so like klopp just tries to make it as wild as possible and and that midfield makes sense because genie runs all over the place hendo runs all over the place fabinho is yeah literally it like disrupts. yeah yeah whereas when we're yeah when teams are trying to disrupt us that midfield isn't necessarily like 
the right selection because we can't really mess with a team that's not trying to function going forward. They're trying to like hit us on the break or something. You know, it it, yeah, it doesn't exactly. it doesn't really work the same. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously it, it works in this match. the The other area of of concern is is always in in defense basically that that center back spot right right there next to verge <laughs> Joel Matip has obviously he's he's kind of made that his own over the last uh gosh about six months now I guess or eight months now um, right yeah <laughs> yeah um but he's obviously he's been out injured and that spot has primarily been been uh occupied by Dejan Lovren. This last, you know, half a season or or I guess about, you know, season when was the Burnley game? Probably about a year ago when Joe Gomez got, you know, got hurt at Burnley. This has been a strange stretch for for both Dejan Lovren and and Joe Gomez cuz Lovren looked ready to leave in the summer and and now he here he is kind of third choice and and currently starting for liverpool yeah i i i don't always know if i wanted to get into this you know because you and i are not often often at odds um except for new mexico new mexico kits um which I know Stan wanted us <laughs> to touch on as well. But yeah, we can between, actually. I'll I'll add something in for that. <laughs> but between New Mexico, uh, <laughs> plain black kit, and uh, you know a soulless neon sponsor on the front, um, <laughs> and da- your tweet about Dan Leverin, uh, yeah, we, a couple things. A couple things have driven the wedge between us too. But <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I just like I told you earlier. I'm going to say it again. Like. Lovren in the 11 consistently is basically owning a wild animal as a pet, right? Like sometimes it looks really cool, right? And things could be going well like weeks on end, but eventually something's going to happen and it's going to be a disaster. Um, And so that's what Lovren brings to this 11. And I don't know. Maybe he, he plays long enough to turn me into a villain and he never does it but then i'm just gonna keep having that angst too now i, I would love to see gomez back in the 11 with the potential and, and quality that he showed in previous year but no he's been he's been injured he's been rocky um in loverin loverin is has picked up well and he performed well against city what can i say yeah i i i think we're i think we're in agreement there because I like I the ideal situation for Liverpool and and for pretty much everybody involved is is Joe Gomez being that primary partner for for Verge. I like I I think I think everybody wants that. He's obviously, you know, young English center back. It's a it's a good situation. Um I don't know if the English fans want that. <laughs> oh god <laughs> which i uh, you know that we could speak about them in the uh in the villains portion of the yeah. uh <laughs> of the podcast but no like because uh, that is the ideal i i just think it's it's been strange seeing joe kind of 
I, and and injuries have have played such a part in his in his career at Liverpool too. Like he, you know, he was starting at left back for for Brendan <laughs> Rodgers, <laughs> uh, you know, a few seasons ago, and and um, last season he looked completely untouchable in that um in in that that spot next to verge like the way they started the season it it didn't look like anything was gonna was gonna stop him and obviously the the injury ends up putting him on the sidelines for for most of the end of last season and in the meantime joel matip is is playing you know in the best form of his life um so it it's been a weird it's just been a weird time for everyone because there was a stretch where it literally looked like Joe Gomez was going to you know was never going to stop being that that second choice and and everybody was just fighting for third place and an injury kind of kind of changed everything and unfortunately I I really hope that Joe gets like gets his mojo back essentially like gets back to that level that he was playing at at the beginning of last season but as it stands right now, I mean, once Matip's back from injury, he's you know he's the guy until until proven otherwise. And um, as weird a situation as it is, and and you're completely right about Lovren in that he he has that. We've seen it. Like I mean, it was Spurs two seasons ago. I mean, it's been there's been games in the meantime, um, but he has that ability to just completely melt down that the other two guys like haven't, haven't really shown. Yeah. Yeah. And we, and we love Matip too. And and even though I've been somewhat critical of him as well, but Gomez to me is just when he was like, Lovren's been at his peak, right? Matip's been at his peak, all of them next to Van Dyke. Same true, obviously for (laughs) Gomez. But when Gomez was at his peak, like, you didn't see that flaw, right? Right, like you didn't see like the the being error prone as Lovren or Matip that we've seen like struggling one on ones or struggling to hold kind of a higher line and track runners. Um, Gomez Gomez was good. Gomez was really good. Um, so that's that's kind of what I'm hoping for. But that's why you need squad depth, right? So it's <laughs> it maybe you know applies it to the front three as well, but you're not always going to have those pieces in place. So the fact that we gave Matip a new contract that we didn't sell Loverin, um, and it, it, it as often as I give Loverin shit on Twitter, like the more sensible, uh, you know, followers and LFC fans that we have on Twitter, um, come back and say, you know, it's not bad for a fourth, for a fourth choice center back. Um, and that's true. And that's true. And he's, you know, he's performing well, so ups to him. The, reality of the situation now liverpool the reigning the reigning champions of europe <laughs> top of the premier league um by 8 points as it stands um the re- the reality of of accepting now from where from where we started this podcast 6 6 seasons ago <laughs> or 5 <laughs> seasons ago i guess um from from where we started uh in in fourteen fifteen the aftermath of of one of the better seasons of recent memory 
um, into one of the worst seasons of recent memory. Um, the the reality of of accepting that Liverpool is now one of the one of the best teams in Europe and in in fact the world. What is it like as a fan trying to trying to handle the fact that you know we argue about about this player that player, but ultimately the club is is kind of getting back to where it you know back to the glory days in a way back to the perch um (laughs) no i think we've (laughs) we know we know what it's like to have been on the opposite end i think you know even not so much chelsea you know they had a rocky season united arsenal are are going through a tough patch I'm not going to call us City fans and saying that we're spoiled now because, you know, they've never really known a, a, a dark time or a dark time <laughs> for them was, you know, dropping second or third in the league. But Well, a dark time for them was when Chelsea uh, had, to, had to let Mourinho go and they all became City fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they, yeah, they... They've seen the depth, but they just jump ship, right? But <laughs> I think we still have a little bit of a complex. It's even like, hey, when we go three up to City, you know, and they pull one back, there's still, you know, 15, 10 minutes left or whatever. And, yeah. it, <laughs> and it's never quite that confident. Um, but no, I think what are we – I couldn't remember whatever sporting index it was that showed Liverpool as the number one team in the world right now. Um but it's just, I mean, it's not even, I was thinking back and, you know, some of the, the, the dips that we saw, obviously just performance wise under Hodgson, um, even like kind of towards the end of Doug Leash's other reign and, and then with Rogers, but it's just also the notion of going from like, you know, <laughs> going under like administration or the potential for that <laughs> to having, <laughs> to having an ownership that actually knew what it was doing to building a club the right way. But then, I, I mean, I don't know. Just to have Klopp in here, like it's just been, I don't know. It, it, it's it's a completely different team and it's a completely different level of success that we'd experienced the past, God, I don't know, what, like five, five to eight years prior. So I don't know. I don't know. It's just that... <laughs> the going back to even our case for like Carlo or versus Klopp, <laughs> you know, like go in any other direction at that moment. And we're, we're not at the same place we are now. Yeah. Um, and even going in a, in a direction where we can, where it came with success might be like a city, right? It might be like a Chelsea where you have to just, you know, kind of sell your soul, pay for it. And, <laughs> you know, the club will struggle later on. So, I mean, just the fact that Klopp has been able to, turn what was a depressing podcast week after week into into something where we're openly bashing, you know, the city and and everybody else. It's, you know, it's been a crazy ride. Yeah. The, um, (laughs) I mean, speaking of making that decision to, to hire Jurgen Klopp, um, when someone like, Carlo Ancelotti was was available and and those types of conversations were had the debates were had um another another club finds themselves in in similar circumstances as 
Spurs today, uh, fire Mauricio Pochettino, um, and made they 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 sold their soul. They made the deal with the devil. Um, Jose Mourinho is now the Tottenham manager. I mean, it it kind of smacks of that. It's a similar timing to to when Liverpool let. Yeah, uh, let Rogers go. It, that was October, and and you know obviously it's a slightly later in November, but the appointment seems completely the opposite, though. <laughs> Desperate, right? <laughs> to me, it, it's going to be it's going to be a disaster. Like we know this, we know this. <laughs> but if you're if you're Tottenham. Even just now, I kind of had an epiphany. Yeah. For them, it's worth it. Because, like, they're not... I, I can't envision a scenario where they win the league. But they could very well win an FA Cup or, or League Cup, something like that. They're yeah. obviously going to win, you know, in Europe with it. But if if Mourinho delivers an FA Cup... Or something like something along that, like enough like silverware, and, and by enough I mean one. Yeah. <laughs> for Tottenham, like I almost think like they're thinking it's worth it, right? Because <laughs> they're, I don't, they're always they're they're not going to get past the level of second place in the Champions League, like that 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 was the peak for them. That was yeah. the pinnacle, right? Yeah. And I mean, arguably, a team that could finish runners up in the champions league is probably superior to any FA cup winner, any league cup winner. Right. But this notion of not being able to win any trophies, but consistently get top four to, to, I don't know with Tottenham, what do they always say? Putting the pressure on, um, <laughs> to me, it, it, it kind of makes sense. Like they will burn everything just to snatch some sort of trophy, some piece of silverware that, I don't know. I, I thought the same thing with Ancelotti, though, right? Like I said, like it's almost like with certain managers, like with Pep, probably now with Klopp, with Mourinho, it's almost a guarantee of success. Um, but Carlo didn't really show that <laughs> at Bayern or other places, too. So you can't take it for granted, and I don't know if Mourinho's the coach that he once was. Otherwise, what the hell would he be doing at Tottenham? Um <laughs> No, it just reminds me of the time where my, you know, one of my goofy roommates in college, you know, from out of nowhere starts dating like this unbelievable looking girl that we all knew wasn't going to last. And, you know, ended up with him freaking out that he thought one of her ex-boyfriends was going to come around and, you know, murder him and was lurking outside the house. Um, But that's that's what it kind of reminds me of, of like, you know, somebody grasping on to anybody that they can get. Um you know, selling their soul for a little bit for, uh, for a taste of something sweet for the short time. <laughs> my, uh, my initial reaction was, uh, a classic, a classic vine. Um, I don't know if you're, if you're familiar <laughs> with this. No, I don't know vines like you do. So basically, um, what I was thinking of was, um, oh fuck, I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> That's that was my that was my take because it as you said I I think that's where it comes from I think it I think it comes from that that kind of grasping or 
or snatching at at success or, or you know trophies or or whatever i i i spoke to uh a friend of mine um who is a, a Tottenham fan massive Tottenham fan and um he's <laughs> he's been through been through a lot but i it was it's, interesting what? huh they seem depressed and upset about this appointment. Yeah, they're they're very upset, um, and and I don't blame them. I I think it's I think it's strange because the the kind of the larger conversation is is one that I think most most football fans think that their club that they support and their their you know their team is is different and is. <laughs> is removed from kind of the the typical business of you know all of the nonsense that goes around all these other these other clubs well they don't you know they don't do they're not like us they're they don't they don't do things the right way and i think i think levy in this case like you know tottenham's owner i think he's i think he's betrayed tottenham's fan base in, in a way because he they sold them on this idea that they were going to do things differently and they were going to, you know, they were going to back Pochettino and, and they're going to build this new stadium and yeah, we're going to take a year off from signing players. Um, <laughs> like all the, all these things were like, Oh, we're not, you know, we're not like doing business like city. We're not, we're not, this isn't yeah. modern football, all this stuff. This is like, we're building around this manager. We have this whole culture around the team. Well, it's obvious now that that was all bullshit. Like it was a sales pitch, you know, from, from an owner and one rough patch in one, you know, in the, in the opening of a season was enough to unravel this whole illusion that like, Oh, we do business differently and all this stuff. It, 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 it was, it, it was an illusion. That's all it was. And and it was a way to, to sell season tickets, like ultimately. So now like that one rough patch, they couldn't survive. And, and now it's, uh, now it's down to, now it's down to Mourinho who, I mean, I thought it was hysterical that the announcement said his, his contract goes through, uh, 2023, the end <laughs> of the 2023 season. I was like, yep, back that off about, Six months yeah. and you'll have exactly when he'll leave the team because he's yeah. never lasted more than three years. Um, so yeah, the whole the whole thing was was farcical and it and it is. I mean, the fact that you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm human. I love to see a rival team struggle. I love to see like <laughs> I love to <laughs> I love to see the people go through these rough patches because I mean, no one had sympathy on Liverpool when when we had Hodgson in charge or, you know, no one no one was like crying tears for us. So I'm I'm not I'm not saying like, don't mock this until (laughs) until the cows come up. But I I just think that I I don't know. I I just think that the uh, the overall um, like the whole approach is, is very much uh, like indicative of it. I don't know. Like exactly what United went through is exactly what's about to happen to Spurs. Like 
what you United's it. going through is what I mean. <laughs> like that's You're now right. happening. Yeah, Mourinho at United. Like yeah, the implosion is is ongoing, and it and it's it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. But as you said, Mourinho could easily pull an FA Cup or a League Cup, which is exactly what he did at United, where he won the Europa League, and everything was great. <laughs> Right. He got, yeah, he got he got two trophies. Yeah, which is what one. It's enough for Fernie to come back and you know give it, <laughs> give a shit on Twitter about a successful season or Man United USA. Um, we haven't heard much out of them for Mm-mm. a very long time. Um, Fernie Fernie, I always miss Fernie. I like to see Man United USA. You know, I think Twitter's a better place without him on it. But <laughs> I for, for leaving though, like that. He can't have that much longer, like as as chairman or whatever, or like running the club or running operations. Yeah. Like this is an appointment for him, where he knows like he's going to be tied to whatever manager he brings in next. So why would you not bring in someone like they're not going to make top four this season, right? So if they have some type of like like if they plummet, then they could both be gone, right? Probably won't happen. They'll probably bounce back, um, qualify for Europa. And if Spurs are able to win like Europa in a League Cup or an FA Cup, pull off two trophies like kind of what United did, like that's paradise for that club. They don't know any better. They probably don't deserve any better because they're Spurs. Um, But then whenever it implodes and the club is set back, like, United could take that Mourinho hit, right? Chelsea, even a club like City, could probably take that hit. I don't know if Tottenham can take that, like, devastation of, you know, 300 to 500 million spent to two <laughs> low-level trophies and, and having to pay Pochettino, Mourinho, like, millions a year while they have a new stadium that, whether maybe it's giving them revenue or not, I don't know. But I, I don't know. Maybe that stadium's a buffer for them. Maybe it's still a you know a money trap. But I, I don't know. I don't I don't know if they can take that that devastating Mourinho hit. Credit to uh, Daniel Levy for making the Spurs All or Nothing documentary as entertaining as possible. <laughs> Uh, and making sure that it'll mostly be nothing um, <laughs> versus all. Uh, that's, pretty, that's a pretty good line. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it is. I don't know. Uh, it's funny because there was so much talk of Mourinho uh, being the hire that I, I made the I made a joke. I thought it was a joke that, oh, Mourinho inbound. But uh, that's the reality we live in now. And uh, <laughs> and I don't know if you saw West Ham made a whole video of because <laughs> West Ham is Spurs next opponent. <laughs> and they made a whole video of the time that Mourinho was there with uh, with Chelsea and said that West Ham played uh, played 19th century football. <laughs> Or something <laughs> because they defended so much, and yeah, they made a whole video about it. It's that might be a, a social media hero moment 
until West Ham go out and get beat like five nothing. <laughs> What's going on with West Ham this year? I thought they were performing they were somewhat f- recently, and then they've been just absolutely catastrophic in other matches. Yeah, no, they're they're. I mean, they kind of switch places with Wolves because Wolves was obviously, you know, they were having the whole Europa League like hangover. They weren't winning a, a single game to start the season. And now, like, it seems like they got their groove back. Yeah. <laughs> West Ham in West the meantime. Ham lost to Everton, so something. Yeah. Something's not so, right there. Something's fishy. They also got demolished by Oxford United in League Cup. But mm-hmm. yeah, God, who knows? Um, but gosh, there's a lot happening in our, in our heroes and villains segment as we, as we get ready (laughs) to dive into this, the villain who's leading this off, um, normally he would be a, a, a friend of the, a friend of the podcast today, square in the villain, square in the list, (laughs) square in the villain category. We've got, we've got Puck Sherburn. It saddens me, but his take was so hot, <laughs> so poor, that he he had to make the cut. He had to make the cut in terms of his – so this is another one that you know I'm, I'm a few steps behind on. But at least it's so literal that I can, I can understand it. Um, was the – what was it? Give like your controversial – Give your controversial like food takes or whatever. Oh, yeah. please quote tweet this with your most controversial food opinion. I love controversial <laughs> food opinions. <laughs> I don't know who loves stuff like that. John um, John Becker, who are you that you love controversial food opinions? Yes, John Becker looks like the type of person. If you can check out his Twitter page, if only for some type of curled collar. That he has in his suited avatar photo. Uh, I don't know what's that. Uh, anyways. <laughs> anyway, once controversial food opinions. Gets our, one. Our good friend Puck Sherburn gets one. Thanksgiving food is trash. I've had several people claim not my family's food, and I've tried their food too. It was trash. Kind of like what you said about Levy and Tottenham and, and Fans thinking their football club is different than everybody else's. No, 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 our club is different. No, 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 our Thanksgiving food is different. <laughs> all Thanksgiving food is good. It's it's, it's all good. It, it it's it's so good. It's one of those things that I don't really like leftovers. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't like packaging it up and boxing it up and taking it home. But the next day, it's one of those things that's almost even better. So he's really missing out on two incredible meals, maybe three or four. I don't know. Um, but he was <laughs> just raked through the coals on this one by a lot of our, a lot of our good friends. Yeah. Old, old Jeff, not a fan of the G to start the name Jeff, but, <laughs> but that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, everybody, everybody that we typically interact with, on yeah on lfc twitter um came came at him yeah um, oh so it's it's like an all-star like, team out here it's 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 dan staley right right underneath saying this is a stephen a smith level take 
It's Maj Dose. Uh, it's it's Jeff. It's <laughs> Claudia. <laughs> Merck. Yeah, it it's it's a who's who of of two red gringos LFC Twitter. <laughs> um, so, so that's why that's one of the reasons why I was so deeply offended by it is because I saw others that were closely close with were also offended. By it. Yeah, Puck. I mean, you got to take the L on this one. We're talking turkey. Great. Mashed potatoes. Amazing. Any type of gravy involved in all of that, plus stuffing, you've already got yourself a high-level meal. Then you start talking about the different types of, of rolls and breads that can be involved. Cranberry sauce. Crescent rolls. Pillsbury crescent rolls. Yeah. We've discovered a new, new level where we will unravel the entire crescent roll sheet wrap it around a thing of brie, bake it in the oven, and you've got baked brie right there. <sighs> Changing the had game. You, had you come to Mexico City on Thursday, you could have partaken in that. There will not be any leftovers on Friday. <laughs> but also who will not get any leftovers is who I think is the villain, uh, Puckshirt. Okay. Well, you've also got another nomination for a villain this week. I think I tried to nominate at least three different people. I didn't write one of them down. So one was, I got to give a quick shout out to, oh, what was the account? Was it 888? Bet. I, I sent this one to you. Bet yeah. eight. I don't know how many eights are involved. I um, think it's, I think it's three eights. I think they've sponsored, eights. they've sponsored one of either like Burnley or Aston Villa or, Another Claret and Blue team <laughs> over the years. <laughs> Which we got to put a stop to in general. But yeah, 888 Sport ran a segment, Why Do You, all caps, Hate Liverpool? As if we don't have the option. Um, <laughs> why, why this is so bad, but maybe also so good and entertaining, is that the Spurs fan... The Liverpool fan, the United fan, the City fan. It's basically if you could take like Spurs Twitter, LFC Twitter, United Twitter, City Twitter, the worst parts of those, <laughs> and create a human being out of it. This is who this round table is. But just Wait, the premise of Is the is the Liverpool fan who I think it is? Yes, yes. It's Craig. It's Craig. Oh! <laughs> he is the one. So on the segment, why do you hate Liverpool? They have somebody on there who even Liverpool fans, for the most part, hate. <laughs> so <laughs> aside from him being somehow the voice of reason, between the City fan being shocked and outraged that a notion that a small minority of fans could have – a strong, loud voice that doesn't speak for the greater majority was just, it, it is, it is personalities. It's almost like that little, who does, is it Bleacher Reporter that does the little like caricature, like, you know, UEFA Champions League. Oh yeah. Bleacher Report. It's basically if you created caricatures of four different sects of football Twitter, that's what this segment (laughs) is. The worst part. The worst part of of their type of analysis, too. But aside from there, I also nominated myself. 
because I've been such a terrible fan recently. Why is that? Not social media, but just in terms of my ability to follow. Like City, following along on Twitter from the one runway. Uh, I think for the most part, the second leg I had to miss. I, I think I caught the first half um, enough to make me upset. But even the Villa match, I watched until roughly maybe like the 70, 75th minute. And then I had, you know, terrible fan, good fiance, had to drive Allie to a nail appointment um, that apparently I said yes to, which I think she's asleep and she can't hear it. For the record, I did not. Um, Arsenal match I missed. Tottenham I at least caught. So, you know. You and I try to connect from time to time. Yeah, I think we're on once a month basis now, if we're being generous. But it's been hectic lately. It's been it's been rocky. You know, a lot of work, travel, a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, and I have not been able to fully commit to a you know a, a full ninety minutes um, for a few weeks now. It 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 is it's it's definitely been a hectic start to the season. But um, I mean, you were you were able to catch. To catch a match with was that Tottenham with uh, Carey, who is like the traveler of LFC of LFC Twitter. I did, we I that was actually what match was that? Was that closer to was that Tottenham? It was, or was it, it less? Oh, um, it may have been. It may have been Leicester. I think it was Leicester because I remember because we had recorded. The after the United match, mm-hmm. the last one, and I had for, I, I forgot to give her a shout out. So I appreciate giving a shout, her a shout out now, but I think it was the Leicester match. Oh, okay. But, you know, there's so many late <laughs> matches that involve, <laughs> you know, late winners were, you know, the the mentality right. giants we are. <laughs> um, so yeah, you, you could, you know, listeners could forgive us for uh, mixing up a couple. And I mean, as we as we head into the heroes, um, I want to start. I want to start with Alex. He's he's been a he's been a a stalwart, an MVP, <laughs> if you will. Um, I mean, we He's always already. we always talk about the the narrative. Like we always we always talk about trying to trying to kind of wade through those those narratives. Alex is like the king of just destroying false narratives and, and, and wading through the bullshit. Yeah. Even I think between him and Babu, that's about like just crushing, crushing defeats <laughs> via, via, via Twitter and tweets. Um, Babu has the elegance and grace to somehow drop physics, you know, <laughs> <laughs> physics into a Twitter argument and for everybody to still be behind him. Like how he does that, I have absolutely no idea. Um, I think the one point was maybe the city fans thinking they they had outsung Anfield um, <laughs> while forgetting that maybe the person right next to you might be louder than the person, you know, 500 feet from you. Yeah. Um, Babu drops physics on him. Alex is, again, I think it's still Alex that I'm not quite sure whether they exist or whether it's like some weird type of LFC Russian bot 
that is generating all of this like New Mexico LFC content. Um, <laughs> I'm still not sure because they sprung up from out of nowhere um, and they were tough to see, tough to find when I was driving through New Mexico. But his ability to kind of like I, I referenced what happens with Trump where it's there's always a tweet, right? There's always a tweet. Always. Alex Mansfield will find it. And I, I think I followed somebody who said he's the the John Wick of of football Twitter. Um, but I also think, you know, it's kind of like, um, oh, who's uh, who, Schindler's, Schindler's List guy? Schindler's List guy? Yeah, who's the guy, the actor, the big actor plays Schindler's List? Uh, I don't know. I can't think of it. <laughs> Liam Neeson. Yeah, Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. All, all I could think about was Jerry Seinfeld making out during Schindler's List. <laughs> <laughs> I love that that's the, the direction you, that you made that. out during Schindler's List. But no, he's also like the Liam Neeson and Taken of right. <laughs> football Twitter. Like, if there's a tweet, he will find it. No, he's he's a ninja. Um, <laughs> the ninja of LFC Twitter. <laughs> And I have to I have to bring this up now because I mean it's it's fitting. You said New Mexico, obviously Alex at kind of at the center of LFC in New Mexico, but Alex is also a New Mexico United fan. I know. I th- I was hoping we would get into this so because I wanted to you know really kind of widen the wedge. <laughs> <laughs> he's absolutely a hero of LFC Twitter. Don't get me wrong. Um, and I have to compartmentalize. Alex, the LFC fan, completely fine. Alex, the big New Mexico United fan, it's tough. Here's, here, here's, my, <laughs> here's, my, here's my issue. Obviously, it's your local team, right? Like, there's no... There's no arguing with the fact that I'm not expecting his allegiance to lie anywhere else. However, Alex can appreciate the fact that Liverpool obviously, you know, play a very attractive style of football and and entertain New Mexico this year. They're direct. They literally play like they play like like Stoke under Pulis. Like that's the, that was that was them. So Alex, I'm sorry, um, but I, I was very happy to see you guys eliminated by Sac Republic, and I hate Sac Republic. So that's yeah, how. <laughs> yeah, that's how just, deep look, this runs. <laughs> but also, I even appreciated like Alex's take on that ridiculous poll that the New Mexico United. Did they win the poll? I don't know if they're As or they're it? they're winning or they made it into the final four, I think. I appreciated his takes on one saying like New Mexicans are to New Mexico United base polls what Egyptians are to Mo Salah. Yeah. Um that piece <laughs> of it was good. And then even just two hours ago, there's there's a vote for the best new soccer kits. On I think another website, um, looking for some bots to uh, con- continue that, <laughs> continue that run, um, which which seems pretty apparent by their success rate on these and their 
genuine lack of a, as much as I love both New Mexico, again, for clarity, as a state, not as a United football club, um, and also Neon. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't get how you call that the, <laughs> the <laughs> one of the best kits of the world. I, like, and I love both of those things. So the but yeah, I think I think as a former Chicago resident, you can you can side with me of that Final Four in that X, Sirius XM. It's the Chicago Red Stars kit. That's legit a a street map of Chicago with the lake. Like, that is the most unique thing going on and the most tied to the community with the four red stars across the front. That, that I have a huge, a huge partiality to that, to that kit in particular. Yeah. But it's actually something unique. I want to tiptoe this subject because I know it could rub some of our closest El Paso friends the wrong way. Um, but Americas is always putting out like yeah. quality kits, just always quality. Yeah. Oh, that, that, that kit is, that kit is, is so solid because it's yeah. unique without being crazy. But even for them, you know, I'm yeah. in I'm in the streets here in Mexico City looking right. for good bootlegs. Oh yeah, the retro kits, like the kits they've had the past two three seasons. Yeah, they're all bangers. They're yeah. all bangers, and I don't I, I, I say that knowing that it might upset uh, <laughs> some of our good friends in El Paso. Um, yeah. but no, that that Chicago kit is is perfect because it's tough to do. It's tough to do things that intricately in a kit, and also still have it look that good like even as as cool as a lot of the icarus stuff is sometimes like those stuff that you know even what is it the uh, is it madison or whatever some of those are so like like, over the top it's like (laughs) you're doing too much do less yeah (laughs) tough for those of us that appreciate nike and their you know cardboard (laughs) cutout kits um it's tough for us to swallow but but no the chicago one they did well the the final hero, and and really, I feel like this is a, a fitting closure to the episode. The final hero is unlikely, but it's FC Barcelona. In in their complete, I guess, arrogance at three nothing up, they filmed a a, a mini documentary. Or, or some kind of mini episode of the second leg of the Champions League semifinal. And they filmed Shakira and her children watching the game as well. It is, they're releasing it in a few days, I guess. Um, they're releasing this episode. Is what it says. I, it's not it's not the arrogance of setting up cameras in the homes of celebrities that are connected to the football players or any of the wiser in like doing that whole thing like that that's enough that that's a high enough level of arrogance to say like you know we're so confident we're going to do kind of a documentary of this yeah the arrogance is in 
losing so drastically, so <laughs> painfully, in such a humiliating way, and to basically say, let's make a few bucks off this, right? We're <laughs> Barcelona. We're probably going to rattle off a few more trophies in the next few years. Not going to be that big of a deal. We'll be back in the Champions League. Let's profit off of our humiliation. Like, <laughs> I don't even know if City is capable of this level of... I don't, words escape me right now. But it's just, if you're a player for the club, like, <laughs> did, are they going to have, like, a screening of it? Like, what do they have to sit through it and watch it? Like... I'm enjoying seeing the angst of celebrities. Like we can always get behind and appreciate that, but right. What that must be it. It's just saying like you know, at the expense of <laughs> <laughs> who we are down to our foundations of a club, our players, our managers, everybody associated with us. Let us live through this humiliation again in order to put out, put out a, a, a documentary narrated by John Malkovich. <laughs> it's, it's really stunning, honestly. In the tweet itself <laughs> is like hyping up <laughs> the release of this episode. <laughs> like only nine days to go. Like was what? there like a, was there is this a countdown? Was there a ten days to go? Did they <laughs> Did they just start at nine? Like, I, I haven't seen anything else about this before. But I guess what's so strange about it is, is the fact, like, what Barcelona fan is like, oh, I can't wait to watch this. <laughs> like, what kind of masochist is sitting there like, oh, I'm so excited <laughs> to see to see the end. Like, there's the only people watching this are Liverpool fans. Oh, yeah. And Madrid fans. Like, those are the only two groups of people that are watching this episode of of Inside FC Barcelona, or whatever it's called, as Shakira and her children freak out about, about Liverpool knocking Barcelona out of the, out of the Champions League. It is, it, I don't, I don't, really, it's really just... Stunning. It's yeah. Stunning. It's absolutely stunning. It's like a Divacarigi short corner. Um, great, great mention though. Who <laughs> speaking of? I don't know if it's a documentary. I don't know if it's like a like Art Nouveau type style film. <laughs> whatever's going on with it, but Divac dropping something right now. But all I could see was just like, I didn't even know that building. Not that. Not that I've been. But you'll be in December. I didn't even know that whatever apartment building existed of the like, you know, downward look to the iconic, you know, Liverpool building with the with the Liverbirds on it as well. Um, So props to Divac one for, you know, having the artistic touch, but also a, a, a sweet ass pad. It really, Aaron Liverpool. It really. That's another. This, if you haven't seen it, go on, go on Divac Origi's Instagram, and look, look for his, his post, a portrait of Origi, um, and it is, it really does. I mean, you said like, 
I don't know. I don't know if it is a documentary or an art art nouveau film. It literally it's like it's it's crazy. Like it's really crazy. The the trailer is is kind of insane. Um it's a lot of like close up I don't know, it's like it's like the beginning of a Wes Anderson movie. <laughs> I was going to say, who directed this? <laughs> it's like, uh, gosh. It's like, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Adaptation <laughs> with Nicolas Cage. Oh, yeah. He, it's, it's similar to that because it's like his eyeball really close. And <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. I'm very excited to watch it, whatever it is. But, <laughs> so, but so both both the <laughs> Barcelona documentary, yeah, and but, the diva, yeah. Between the two, I mean, Disney Plus move aside, like <laughs> Twitter, Twitter's got all the content. Yeah, maybe. Twitter, Twitter has got me taken care of for for a while, dude. It has been <laughs> what a weird like like our opening song, "What a Time to Be Alive." I mean, this is. <laughs> Such a strange couple of weeks for for not just Liverpool, but kind of kind of just football in general. You know, man, it's the international break. People people are getting desperate. You know, <laughs> people talk <Desperate> about <laughs> people <laughs> talk about uh, like Mercury is in retrograde or whatever. It's like no, like people just act weird during the international <laughs> break. <laughs> How often is Mer- Mercury in retrograde, by the way? I uh, thought that was like, you know, a leap year type thing where it happens every now and then. But it's like, I don't know. People are telling me every other month now that Mercury is <laughs> in retrograde. I think it happens like two or three times a year. I think that's also a good segment into our our ongoing, ongoing piece of OK Boomer. Um <laughs> Where I ask grumpy questions like, how often is Mercury in retrograde? <laughs> but also, we got to close. I have to know. So I only catch, catch bits and pieces of it. Um, mm-hmm. And by bits and pieces, I mean a lot of it, and I just don't know how to interpret it. Um, but I, I don't even – another boomer moment. Like, I don't know if it's a meme or whatever it is, but a running tweet joke, maybe I'll call it that. Yeah. Of, I'm going to tell my kids. <laughs> yeah. I, and that's a picture of something yeah. that's kind of funny, but supposed to be a picture of another thing. So explain that one to me. <laughs> I think all it is, is like, it's a picture of something that isn't what you're going to tell your kids. It is right. So like, <laughs> I mean, where's the, do you have a, a particular example that you want? <laughs> uh, I, the most recent one that came to mind was a just a literal like old like old fashioned like tobacco smoking pipe. Okay, and it just said like I will tell my kids that this is a pipe. What? The, no, that's not. <laughs> that, well, that like that's you know, like, like literal. Like, you know, a pipe for like cannabis, but instead, like you know, just like a <laughs> no, like the one, the one I, <laughs> what was the most recent one I saw? It's a picture of uh, of Jonah Hill from Twenty One Jump Street, like in his <laughs> high school years, and 
it's like I'm gonna tell my kids that this is the real Slim Shady. <laughs> I did see another Slim Shady one, but it was not Jonah Hill. I don't know who it was, but uh, maybe that just adds to the the OK Boomer. But no, all it all it all it is is like, yeah, we're you know I I say this is what it's not, but I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell my kids that this is whatever. Cause they'll, you know, they won't know the difference. <laughs> All right. So maybe that one's a little bit more literal than, than yeah. I thought, but I'm going to tell I'll my kids, this is a pipe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh. The worst example I could have given to it, but now I'll be on the lookout. I'm sure we'll have a new, uh, running tweet joke that i don't immediately understand uh, and we'll need some assistance on yeah there oh there'll be plenty of uh of segments of of okay well, let's boomer not, let's not get carried away like i you know i, I think i'm savvy enough on uh ins and outs of social media but. we'll see what memes pop up during uh during next weekend when i'm in town <laughs> we'll have to have a sit down like some face-to-face like Bring me up to speed, like you're training, you know, sure. a boomer, like how to use an iPad. Exactly. Like, like the one I, the one I did, I, I, I don't love like going around with the big kind of, you know, I'm a hipster. I don't like going around with the, the big fads or anything like that. But, <laughs> but the one, the one I did do, uh, was, <laughs> There was a picture of Jose Mourinho in like a jacket and a baseball cap, like he was trying to like hide out. <laughs> and I said, "I'm going to tell my kids that this was the whistleblower." <laughs> that one I like. <laughs> that one I like. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's all it is. All right, I'm I'm up to speed. Yeah. I'm up to speed on one. So we'll keep <laughs> we'll keep a running list. Uh, and try to reach out on Twitter for some support too. Yeah, no. Send us, send us your best, send us your best uh, LFC related. Um, I'm gonna tell my kids. <laughs> send, send a Hodgson. I'm gonna tell my kids this was Mr. Magoo. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. Oh man, we. Uh, I think <laughs> I think we're out of schlitz at this point. We're, yeah, uh, I'm running out of I'm running out of Carlsbergs too. We're so on fumes. Um, if you guys if you guys have enjoyed this, then you're you're extremely weird um, <laughs> as we are. But <laughs> I hope you guys have, and uh, you can you can find us on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Um, subscribe on any of those podcast platforms, and also you can find us on social media, uh, primarily on Twitter. Um, at two red gringos, and then you can follow Pat as well at Mexico City LFC, and uh, yeah, you can get into all the the hot takes and boomer memes and whatever else. <laughs> a lot of lot of flame, a lot of flame emojis. Just yeah, just pure flames. Um, <laughs> I do not have an outro song prepared. <laughs> I don't think we need one. We just need like something that rides us off into the sunset. <laughs> just a beat. Just a flame emoji beat. 
2006 hits? If you want to roll it back. God damn, little mama. You know you think it's hell, you know what I'm saying? Matter of fact, <laughs> after the club, you know what I'm talking about? Me and my niggas gonna be together, you know what I'm saying? I ain't even worried about them really, though. I'm not looking at you. <laughs> Shit, you know. Got them big ass hips, God damn. damn. Got the body of a goddess. Did you know how long the intro was? What? This is a remix, right? No, it's, it, this is it. Justin. Uh-oh. There's no way. My mountain that I have. Air introduction. Is, is there's no way I didn't know that didn't exist. That has to be. Your- <laughs> uh, I don't know. It just says. Mike Jones. Was he in the original for this? Thick before thick was even like in the vernacular. <laughs> I'm in love with the stripper because they show me love. <laughs> And, uh, I mean, Shakiri returning as well. Oh, so, thick. <laughs> Power cube. Thick. I still like him just being described as thick. Thick Kiri. Yeah. But I think it was Merck that said something about Shakiri not being quite as thick anymore. Yeah, he slimmed down a little bit, it looked like. And I think she took a shot at Klopp for potentially fat shaming Shakiri. No, I think that was Adrian who who took the shot at Klopp. Oh, it's Adrian. <laughs> but I think it's it's funny because I don't think I think Merck may have said it, but like I don't think he necessarily was like dropped like fat. He just looks like slimmer, like maybe even like less muscular. <laughs> So you're saying that he's just, like, skinny fat now. He's doing, like, you know, he went from, like, his bulking phase to now he's, like, cutting. <laughs> he's trying to cultivate mass, but then he missed, he missed the sculpting part. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. What a time. And what a time.
that was the first song on a <laughs> I, I literally opened my Spotify search. It suggested a playlist, 2006 hits. It was the first song at the top. Boom. I'm willing to bet when they look back at when Spotify looks back at 2019, that's the uh, <laughs> when they give you your most played. <laughs> I'm in love well, with the stripper. Number one. <laughs> 